Hello, welcome to the very first episode of the UK American Sports Show. My name is James McGregor Palmer and I'm joined on the phone this episode, as I hope I will for every episode, by Ryan Judge. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, I was going to say, pretty hyped, I imagine, from um, seeing your Watford team end Liverpool's unbeaten run. Hey. Yeah, I'm absolutely, yeah, I'm oh, so good. Uh, see, I like I um I was watching the first half, and then at halftime I went over to the kitchen just to make some food, and came back and you were winning two 0 and I had no idea what had happened. So well, I said before we were you know starting to record this, I said yesterday I was like Palms, I'll see you at the recording straight after a nice Watford win over Liverpool. <laughs> and you were like, no. yeah, I didn't, I did not believe you, and. Uh, You've been proved right. So right, well, we're going to look at a few things today in the uh, in the American sports world. Um, I was thinking we'll start with having a quick look at the NFL's quarterback carousel, given that we're going into the off season. Um, so obviously, several quarterbacks moving around the league um, as they do every off season, but this this year is going to be pretty crazy for it, I think. So I thought we'd start with the big fish which is obviously Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Let's um, just make it known first as well. This isn't my speciality. <laughs> no, so, yeah. So, I'm kind of, of the NFL but... guy. Ryan's the more the NBA guy. We'll get onto that um, later on in the show. But, start with Tom Brady. Do you reckon he leaves? I saw, I saw an article the other day that said, you know, he's open to it. He's, he's planning for, for life with another team, isn't he? Yeah, well, so that's, I mean, that's the thing. The way I see it is, like, the only way that he leaves New England ever is if he's desperate to go somewhere else and play somewhere that's not with Bill Belichick. Um, Yeah. I I can kind of see him wanting to play, to kind of prove all the doubters wrong that he could win a Super Bowl somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, Think of him as, like, a separate person and not, like, a... Yeah, not the kind of Brady Belichick machine. Yeah, exactly. That said, I think that um, I, I just I think he's going to stay. Yeah, he, he probably will. as much. Uh, yeah, as much as I like, I kind of hate to admit that because I'd love to see the kind of end of the Patriots dynasty and whatever. I just <laughs> It'd be fun if I he's not there he's as well. Stay. It'd be interesting yeah, to watch. Yeah, exactly. So the one. The one, the one destination that I can kind of see is um, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I think that would be just a great narrative there because you've got, um, obviously, the Titans, not the Patriots, out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Be a kind of proper, if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. Desert Henry. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. But, well, I know. <laughs> well, he is. But but in a way, I can kind of I can kind of see that working because I mean this is kind of a, a side note here, but like, is Tom Brady good anymore? No, he's awful. Yeah, but no, I don't know. I don't know. But do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's not he's not he's not elite anymore. Mm-hmm. The arm strength is not where it used to be. The last season was not necessarily a great season for him he knows what he's doing though um 
He, yeah, so that's the thing. Um, he's a reliable arm, and which is why I can see him being attractive for Tennessee because uh, Ryan Tannehill was fantastic last season, but he's Ryan Tannehill. Good name, though. And it is a good name, but you can't, like, I can see them not necessarily wanting to rely on him. It's a bit like when the Vikings had Case Keenum a few years ago. Oh, he and, um, is awful. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but exactly, awful. like, Case Case Keenum He's had that one great season. <laughs> Case Keenum had that one great season and then just never quite matched up to it. And you can see Tannehill doing that, I think. So, um, yeah, so Brady, we think, is probably going to stay, right? Uh, sounds like the most likely outcome, but you never know. Yeah, yeah you never know. You never know. Um, okay, uh, next one I've got on my list is not to be honest, it's not really even worth talking about. I think it's, it's um, Dak Prescott is technically speaking a free agent. They're going to franchise tag him, surely. Like, mm-hmm. you can't see them allowing him to walk into free agency. The only interesting thing with that is that um, the Cowboys do also have to re-sign Amari Cooper and Byron Jones. Both of those contracts are going to be huge. I'm not sure they can afford to keep all three. But can you imagine if they let Dak just walk to the free agent market? Oh, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No. no. Um, so Dak Prescott stays in Dallas. No surprises there. Um, the first really interesting one to me is Philip Rivers. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard something about him. Yeah. In, yeah. So he's he's gone in LA. That's confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not going to be back. The Chargers are moving in a different direction. His arm is also just... It's not coming back over. anymore. Um, so, uh, yeah. So the, the arm strength is not there at all. Um, Phil, Phil Rivers is obviously like a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback, but he's not the player he once was. Um, any teams particularly spring to mind to you as a destination for Phil Rivers? Um... Chicago see Chicago is an interesting one Um, because I can kind of see that you know like they're just so uh, bonehead aren't they well Trubisky is oh he's awful as well bad bad quarterback (laughs) Um, yeah he's on Ponder's level (laughs) yeah I mean okay is that that, is that going to be the kind of new our new measuring stick for quarterbacks but okay, so I reckon we could use that though. So, but like the ponder level of quarterback, um, Trubisky's there, right? He's he is not the answer in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy, for whatever reason, can't throw left. <laughs> had one good season under Matt Nagy's scheme, and uh, yeah, it's just it's not working out. Mm-hmm. Not working out for them. Um, so you would think Chicago would go in a different direction. Why no. not Phil Rivers? Yeah, Are you having some some doubts over whether Chicago might stick with with Mitch. Yeah, I. They're just just Chicago sports in general at the moment. They're just so well, boneheads. The word I use, so boneheads. I'm going to continue with that word. That's what yeah, springs yeah. to mind with just decisions okay. and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I can see it as well. Like, I can see them thinking that 
they might not have a better option out there, which is crazy this off-season because there are a lot of good options out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can, I, can see, I can see Rivers to Chicago to an extent. Um, if I was Phil Rivers, I'd probably only want to go to someone who I thought could contend, given that this is going to be the last couple of years um, of his career, you'd imagine. Um, but the Bears might be that team. Yeah, the, the most of the pieces are still there on defense. Uh-huh. How about you? You um, uh, you got any any views on that? Do you think where do you think he's most likely to end up? The um, the destination that most people are putting out there is the Colts, um, and I think that makes a lot of sense because their offense is predicated on underneath passes, mm-hmm. um, little slant routes, that sort of thing, and Rivers can't throw downfield anymore, but he'll be very accurate on those plays. So in that scheme, I can kind of see it making sense. But then you could probably make the same argument for Chicago with Matt Nagy's play calling, um, that he could probably scheme around Rivers quite well. It's interesting, though. I've not, I've not really seen Chicago mooted as a destination for him. Um, but why not? You know, why not? The one, the one that I have for Chicago, potentially... There are, there are two quarterbacks that are kind of being thrown out there at the moment, and those are Andy Dalton and Derek Carr. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Who I think, well, to, you laugh, but I think we can like, pretty much agree that Andy Dalton and Derek Carr do not fit on the Christian Ponder scale. They're like, a one, probably one rung, but they are a rung above that. They're better quarterbacks... That's only because Ponda was so bad. Yeah, true, true, true. But (laughs) Trubisky is pretty bad as well. Derek Carr and Andy Dalton, I can see being upgrades. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, the only thing with those two is they're not actually free agents. Okay. So um, we have to assume that the Bengals are going to move off Dalton um, and select Joe Burrow first overall in the draft. I guess they might, they could keep Dalton and sit Burrow for a year, but um, I doubt it. That always, with that plan, teams always seem to do that where, you know, they have a veteran quarterback in there. They say, we're going to rest the rookie for a year, let him learn. And they never do. They get like seven games in and then the rookie's in. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened with Baker Mayfield. You know, the only one that's actually really done that is Patrick Mahomes. Um, and that's worked out pretty well, but um, what a but um, yes, I mean transcendent talent, and also the player that I was singularly most wrong about in my draft evaluations for yeah uh, ever. I think <laughs> not just your draft evaluations. It was literally less than <laughs> two months ago that in writing, what was it? Mahomes is trash. You put in the group chat. Uh, I think I used the word washed. Um, washed, that's it. Which Mahomes is washed. I would like to. Yeah, we have, we which have I'd evidence. like to clarify was clearly a joke. <laughs> it was not a joke. So for yeah, so for context, this was when the Chiefs were down twenty four zip to the Texans um, in the second quarter. We've used it quite a lot since then. That playoff game. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a, a take that is going to haunt me for a while, I imagine. Um, Obviously, we're talking about Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Mahomes is the best player on the planet. That's, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, uh, gone on a slight tangent there. But 
Um, if anyone's worth it, it's Patrick Mahomes. So the Bengals are likely going to take Joe Burrow, move up Andy Dalton. Uh, Dalton will probably be available. I'm, I mean, obviously with these trades, you're just guessing, but what you'd think probably about a second round pick. Yeah, yeah. won't be um, too much. Yeah. So, um, and I imagine Derek, Derek Carr's an interesting one. I, I don't think the Raiders will get rid of him, but if, if they fell in love with someone in the draft, the Raiders had a weird draft last year. It worked out quite well for them in the end, but um, they, their draft board was clearly very different to what everyone else's was. So mm-hmm. um, they could fall in love with one of the quarterbacks later or maybe a Jordan Love, someone like that. Um, and you could see Derek Carr going... Um, those just seem very Bearsy options to me. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I can see that. Yeah, um, the only the other one that I think of potentially for the bre- for the Bears um, is Tannehill. <laughs> oh, the Bears ain't getting better anytime soon. Actually, they were quite good. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. They they yeah they they were quite good a couple of years for, ago. For context, but, um, and the reason I have you know a little bit of input when it comes to the Bears, I used to. You know, when I first started watching the NFL, I was kind of a, a vague Bears fan. Um, just for a couple of years when I first got into it. Um, yeah. Got a little top with the Bears on. You know. Obviously, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a Panthers fan. That is what, why I You are, of course, a Panthers fan. Um, which brings us on to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, um, there has been talk for, uh, for, for months now, really, about the team potentially moving on from Cam Newton. Nah, he's staying. He's yeah. staying. See, I, I, I have never understood this. I do not understand the appeal of moving off Cam Newton at all. Like, what? Well, so, yeah, I mean, you're the Panthers fan. What's, what's your take on it? Obviously, I assume pretty pro Cam Newton stays. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, Cam Newton's one of the one of the main reasons I, I came over to the Panthers to, you know, follow them and watch their mm-hmm. game, stuff like that, because um, I just love watching him play. And, you know, for, for that reason alone, I you know, want, want him to be our quarterback. Um, yeah, yeah he's, just, he's just, just such a talent, isn't he? He's, he's, he's a sort of talent you just don't get very often. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a unique player, um, a kind of an inconsistent player, but a unique one. Um, yeah, that's the best kind. And they're the best to watch. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> As a, for fan, for, from a fan entertainment point of view, though, yes, um, he is great to watch. And that offense with him and with kind of borderline MVP level Christian McCaffrey could be super fun to watch. Now Cam's getting older. If he, you know, he's had these injuries the last couple of years, uh, quite bad ones that kept him out for ages. He might, he might think now, he might go, you know, it's time to, to play smart. And with the tools that he has, uh-huh. he's got, obviously, I don't know uh, in terms of your opinion, that sort of thing. But as far as I'm concerned, he's got an absolute rocket arm. Um, it's, yeah, yeah. it's wayward sometimes, but, you know, he can, he can fire that ball sometimes too yeah, hard. Cam Newton has hovered around 60% accuracy for his entire career, but the arm strength is there, the plays he can make with his legs. But it's an interesting point that you that you make is as he's aging and kind of got the injuries, his game is, is so dependent on that kind of dominating athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's always going to be a massive unit. Like you get him near the goal line, he's always going to be running it in. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred um, percent. And that, that's a real asset. I mean, it must've been quite 
painful last season to watch because the Panthers had a great start, didn't they? And then it just kind of completely fell off. Yeah. It's... When um, Cam, Cam got injured and then um, the quarterback play since, since then was, was poor. I mean, Carl Allen is clearly not, not the answer. There. Yeah, but for like yeah. three, four weeks, everyone was like, oh... He's he's my yeah. quarterback, keep him. We, we yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and then he yeah. was just absolute trash. Um, just just for a few weeks. Obviously, McCaffrey the whole year was absolutely incredible. Um, but even that, you know, uh, halfway through the season, even that was was not enough. Um, and yeah, it was it was a bit disappointing. But at that point, you know, season you kind of give up on it. Yeah. See, so but to me that that kind of is why I don't I don't understand the talk about. Then moving on from Cam because um, you've you've already seen that script, right? You've seen how that went at the end of last season. And as good as Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey is, you can't run a modern NFL offense exclusively through a running back. I, I definitely think the injuries is a massive part of how that talk's been escalated. Um, yeah, because yeah, no, know, I think you're people right. are taking that into account and and probably possibly overreacting to that. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I don't see where else they go um, because if they did move off Cam, um, I mean, if they did move off Cam, teams like the Bears would be all over it. Teams like the Bears and the Colts, they'd be inundated with trade offers. McCaffrey can throw it. Get, get him in there. Well, yeah, he threw a touchdown last year, didn't he? he so did. Um, he did. Fifty maybe, yards. Maybe that's the actual. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe that's the uh, the answer. Then we'll just we'll. Let Christian McCaffrey run, throw, and catch. You don't need a running back. Um, Literally, just stick him in there. You can yeah. do whatever. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I don't see any other any other real options out there. Right. Um, last one. Uh, Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is Gardner Minshew's job now. I I don't see any way really for Nick Foles to kind of come back um, and take that job back. Even though they are paying Nick Foles an obscene amount of money, and they'll be paying it to him to sit on the bench, um, and frankly, I think that is going to ruin Jacksonville's chances of really being competitive because uh, you can't. You, well, mm-hmm. I say you can't sink twenty mil into a backup quarterback. They kind of can because they're paying Gardner Minshew absolutely nothing. Um, but yeah, the question so is whether it's wise. Offsets it. Yeah. Um, yeah, if, if he's good. Yeah, I mean, but the, the Nick Foles thing, I mean, they, you, you heard the story about them giving him that contract to give him, like, locker room kind of credentials. No one else <laughs> was bidding for Nick Foles, and they just bid against themselves and, to try and make the locker room respect him. <laughs> and this is where it gets you. Just, just don't run a franchise that, that way. That sounds like a uh, bonehead move to me. It, it is indeed a bonehead move. Right. Um, have you been keeping up with the draft at all? No. No, that's, fair that's enough. on you. Um, you're you're the draft man. This is uh, yeah. This is this is all good. Um, so um, <laughs> Joe Burrow, I've heard of him though. He's he's the the quarterback in it. Yeah, so he's pretty much nailed on number one pick, national champion with LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, he there was some speculation that because um, he was the consensus number one pick, that he might refuse to play for the Bengals, <laughs> which would have been hilarious because. No one wants to go to Cincinnati. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but he is 
not refusing to go to Cincinnati. Um, he came out and kind of quelled those rumours. Um, so Joe Burrow is going to be number one. The other quarterbacks, um, you got Tua Tagovailoa. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. No one's really sure, I don't think. Um, he seems to be mocked quite a lot to Miami. Um, he's an athletic guy. He, um, yeah, he's only really slipped because he had a horrific injury um, okay. last year. But everything is kind of checking out with him. He looks um, pretty good, really healthy. So there's, I think there's a good chance that Tua is actually the best quarterback in this draft class. Um, and if Miami gets him at the fifth overall pick, then their failure to tank this year might not matter so much. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, um, those, those are the two quarterbacks that I like. The other two that are likely to go in the first round that I don't like are Justin Herbert and Jordan Love. Now we'll see if this comes back to bite me as much as the Mahomes takes have. Most passed. likely they'll be the best ones then. Yeah. Um, so the uh, <laughs> the um, yeah the reason I don't like Herbert or Jordan Love is they're both uh, very toolsy quarterbacks. Um, so Jordan Love particularly uh, threw twenty touchdowns versus seventeen interceptions last season. That is not the uh, the kind of stats that I want from a quarterback I'm taking in the first round. Um, mm-hmm. Both of them are very athletic, very strong arm guys. Um, Herbert is really tall. I think he's like six five. Um, so, but yeah, tools are not enough, and those quarterbacks tend to fail at the next le- level. Um, the obvious exception being Patrick Mahomes, who um, it's been wrong on him frankly, before. Was, yeah, who was, but he was not. He was not a great quarterback in college, mm-hmm. um, but he had the tools. And normally what happens is coaches think, well, this guy has all the physical assets and I can teach him up. And they never do. Um, Because coaches will obviously tend to overrate their own abilities, I imagine. Um, You get excited by the physical talent and then it never pans out. Andy Reid seems to be the exception. Mahomes has panned out in a big way. Um, But what I think may happen in this draft is you get a bit of a Mahomes effect that people will look at quarterbacks like that and think, we can teach him up. He could be the next Mahomes. Overdraft him. Yeah. And that what that actually I think does Mahomes a big disservice because you know, you have to treat him as the kind of freak of nature that he is. Um and you're not gonna get another one of those. Yeah. He's um, not washed, just to be clear, not washed. Yeah. Mahomes that's the headline from this podcast is Patrick Mahomes is not washed. Right. Let's move on to your area of expertise, um, which is the NBA. Um Do you love a bit of NBA? So I want to, as a Pelicans fan, I want to talk about <laughs> Zion. Uh-huh. Um, and I of course, they wouldn't the, want to talk about Zion. Well, yeah, I mean, I want to talk about, do you think he has any chance of winning Rookie of the Year? He is so good. Yeah. So good to watch as well. Um, Rookie of the Year is such a tough one because... The vast, vast majority of people, you know, you'd say is John Morant. John Morant's played the yep. whole year. He's played really, really well. And he's had one of those, if you purely look at the stats, he's had one of those potential rookie of the year campaigns that you see really often. Um, yep. I can't remember exactly what he's at. Is it about 17 and a half points a game? Um, he's 17 and a half points and about seven assists. About seven assists. Um, really yep. good season. His first season. He's had dynamic plays. He's played really well. 
Um, he's had one of those typical rookie of the year campaigns. Um, mm-hmm. Zion, bloke's averaging like twenty four a game. He's literally, I think he's hit twenty in what was it like fourteen straight games or something. It's ten straight now. Ten straight. Ten straight as oh. of last night against Cleveland. He's so um, good, and the difficulty is he's just he's not going to have played that many games come the end of the season. Um, but if if the Pelicans get the eight seed over the Grizzlies, so like if they actually take it off, Zion comes back, they start playing well, they take it off John Morant, then that's just another big argument to add to the debate. And I think that will happen. Yeah, see, I, I completely agree, actually. We're in total agreement there. I, th- I think if the Pelicans take the eight seed, then there's a legitimate argument that Zion deserves it. Mm-hmm. Um, because If he continues to play as he is. Which, it, sure, of course. Which he will, which he will. Yeah, but I mean, the, the thing is with the Pelicans is um, obviously had an awful, awful start to the season. Um, <laughs> and have... They started to turn it around before Zion came back, to be fair. I mean, obviously, Brandon Ingram is a first-time All-Star. But I think the argument for Zion as Rookie of the Year is that he has sparked that team Mm -hmm. to win a lot of games. Um, They're a good team. They're a good team. Right now, they are a good team. I mean, the other thing is their strength of schedule is not... um, is not as difficult as some of the teams around them as Portland and San Antonio and Memphis. Mm-hmm. But But they're better I than mean, those teams. With yeah. Zion back. Like Yeah. They were they were underperforming without him there. But after adding him, they're they're a genuine good team now and I think they'll yeah. take over the Grizzlies. And I think come the end of the season also the Zion hype factor as well gives yeah. another edge to him on the rookie of the year yeah. battle. Um you know, he's been. He wins the narrative hyped. battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. if there's I mean, to... if there's like some hope for him winning it, everyone will be like, yeah, yeah, Zion, yeah. Um, probably yeah. myself included. But yeah, Jars played well. He's he's a really good player. He's only going to get better. That's as well. that's that's the thing. I mean, I think um, we can't kind of do John Morant a disservice here, in that they are both. Super. Obviously, they're very, very different players, but they're both super exciting players to watch. Both of them have that highlight reel mm-hmm. play in them, um, which is why I think in most years we'd actually be kind of super, super hyped up to give Jar Morant the Rookie of the Year award because he's, yeah. he's outplayed what was expected of him. Mm-hmm. He's led, admittedly, not a great Grizzlies team, but he has led them and made them one of the more exciting teams to watch in the league. Yeah. Because I do not associate Grizzlies with being a good team to watch over the past few years. No, no, no. No, exactly. Well, they were famed for having this really slow pace. Yeah, yeah. They're one of the defensive slugfest teams that you want to avoid watching. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, which they're absolutely not this season, and that's largely due to John Moran. So, not to do him a disservice at all, and let's be honest, he probably is still going to win. He, he probably is. I mean, Zahn's going to be playing less than half the year. Like, it, is, it is rookie yeah. of the year. That's, that's what the award's called, but... You know, yeah, yeah. If he, as I said, if, as you said, if he overtakes them, then yeah, obviously I would love to see Zion win it. I think actually quite a lot of NBA fans would like to see Zion win it. But love Zion, what a player! Yeah, yeah. I'm in my fantasy team. Stashed him for the entire year. Um, no, I traded for him. Traded for him. 
Oh, did you? But I, I had to. I had to oh, have him on the old, uh, the old IL for like a couple of months. Um, yeah. Yeah, I do like a, a Yahoo fantasy league just for the NBA. Uh-huh. I think the the page is NBA UK fans on on Twitter, and they they run a league, and I'm in it with like 15 other people. Um, one of my friends, Jonas, as well, he's in it. Uh, you did it last year. Came I second. did do it last you year. You came second, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. well, we, it was me and you in the final. So, oh, um... yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I remember that. No, yeah, you, you snaked me and drafted Embiid in the first round, I remember that. Yeah, I did. Well, and uh, actually, the next thing on my agenda there is Embiid. So um, it's a good, good little transition there. Um, yeah. So, Joel Embiid. Fair to say your favourite player in the NBA. Love Embiid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, um, he's, he's, he's my favourite player in the NBA, obviously. But yeah. I am a, I'm a Sixers fan. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, what, what I wanted to talk about, this is, this is old news now. It was about a week ago. Um, the Sixers beat the Nets. Embiid scored 39 points, had 16 rebounds, um, <laughs> came out after the game and said that he was the best player in the world. Um, yeah, that's right. He is now. What what that got me thinking of what he's, I want to he's kind not, of talk by the way, about. He's not. Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I think that is is kind of a given. Um, as great as he is, I mean, he's probably what top ten. Um, player wise. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I mean, he's up there, right? He's he's an he's an elite NBA he's, player. He he. Yeah, he can he can dominate. Um, he has he has a few things that he needs to improve a lot, but he can dominate. Uh-huh. So he's up yeah. there. Okay, so my but my question about this is kind of more of a, a broad one, really, and that's how now I know that Embiid has some serious finesse to his game. He's not a kind of he's not Andre Drummond, right? <laughs> Step back for it. He's here now. Well, yeah. Here. Well, yeah. He's, he's trying to take him. <laughs> <laughs> but in the modern NBA, in the league as it is today, do you think a traditional big man could actually ever be the best player in the world? How good would you have to be? You'd have to be so good, wouldn't you? Because yeah. uh, you say traditional big. I, I think a big man could be the best player in the league, but with the way people look at best players now, they have to dominate the game so much that they can do it all by themselves. Yeah. And that includes getting assists, that includes handling the ball, that includes obviously points, rebounds, scoring off the dribble, all, mm-hmm. all, all sorts of scoring. Um, and you think of who you, you know, you, you list who you think the best players in the world would be. Well, you got LeBron James, and Kawhi Leonard, yep. Kevin Durant, Yep. That's, that's just a few. Obviously, there's quite a few others hard and loads of people you could throw in there, but they all do a bit of everything. So the, to answer see, your question, I think it, it, it could happen, but they would have to be really good and also good in the other areas as well that maybe in the past big men haven't been good at. Yeah, so my question with that is, because you listed a few players there, with one notable exception, is how do we classify Yanis? Because... I think the answer to that question maybe lies in whether we consider Yanis a big man, which he obviously is. I mean, he's a seven-footer, but he he's plays in such though. a unique way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
Did you see, um, just on a side note, did you see Harden's comments about him? Yeah, I love Harden. Did you see that interview? <laughs> yeah. Um, where he just, he just absolutely went at Giannis saying... That, Giannis um, just sly digged him at the All-Star game and yeah, lobbed so, balls so, at his heads and stuff. And he's... Well, yeah, but and in the, in the, um, obviously in the draft where, they, where Giannis and LeBron picked players, Giannis picked Kemba Walker yeah, over, yeah, yeah, yeah. over James Harden. On someone that will pass him, the ball, he said. Yeah, exactly. So um, I mean, I'm loving this. I'm loving this beef. It's so funny. But um, James Harden comes out and says, "What I do takes skill. I wish I was a seven footer <laughs> who could just run down the court and dunk the ball." Um, but yeah, so I mean, but there is there's probably a legitimate argument, whereas there's probably not for Embiid. There's probably a legitimate argument that Yanis could be the best player in the world. Imagine if James Harden was seven foot. Yeah. I mean, he wouldn't be able I mean, to do the stuff he can do, most likely. Well, and that's the thing. And that's the... There was, there was a point made on um, the Ringer NBA show, um, which is a, another great, just great podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, the point, the point that they made um, on that show was that if... Um, like, that's not a, a thing... It's not a fair point for Harden to make because... The world doesn't he's care whether so he's or not. Yeah, the, but there are no, there are no. It's not like boxing where there are weight divisions. There's no like height division. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's he's probably like James Harden is obviously a more skilled player than Yanis. That doesn't make him a better basketball player. And Yanis is yes good because he is tall and freakishly athletic. But that's but part that of him. Take away. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's part, part of him. him. Yeah. It doesn't take away for, for from how good he is. Yeah, um, no, I do agree. It's yeah, you could you could say the same of any sport. Yeah, like someone might be in football, someone might be tiny, really good with their feet, but mm-hmm. you know, someone like you know Abdullah Dukore, great player. You know, you probably heard of him. <laughs> um, he's not necessarily that player, but he'll he'll run forever, charge through the middle. That's part yeah. of him as a, as a player. And he's not yeah. any I mean, clearly, worse of a player because clearly, of that. Sure. And clearly, Abdullah Decore is on the same level in the football world as Yanis Antetokounmpo is in the basketball world. But, but, <laughs> yeah, they are probably, you know, quite similar, I'd say. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's probably a good comparison, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pr- pretty, pretty even mix there. So we'll expect to see Abdullah Decore's Ballon d'Or within the next couple of years. So yeah, after today, that's go- it's going to be soon. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, conclusion then. Big big man. Could they be? Um, by which I mean big men in the NBA, not necessarily you. Um, <laughs> who could I'm could, quite a, large. could a big man? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, could could a big man be be the best player in the league? Do we do we when when we talk about that? Do we count Giannis? Because he's not a centre, like you said. I don't. But again, he could just decide to play centre, and then it, then we'd have to call him centre. But yeah. I think yes is the answer. Um, it, they could. It's it's less likely to happen. It's probably going to be a big player who can handle the ball and play point guard as well. Um, but you know, if you get a centre, that's just ridiculous. It could be Embiid in five years. You know. Yeah. Do you th- well? Yeah. Do you think it's more likely to be Embiid or or say Anthony Davis? Now I think AD's kind of hit his peak now. That's the, that's the that's the yeah. impression I get. Yeah. Whereas I, mean, I as think as a Pelicans fan, that's exactly what I want to hear. But, um... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't. 
I think he's necessarily hit his peak mentally. I think if he makes kind of a good championship run this year, he'll he'll have that confidence. But you know, I think Embiid is you know obviously I'm biased. Um, <laughs> Embiid's just so big and strong. Is this? That's kind of the point that I'm making. Is Embiid, despite the the finesse in his game, he he fits that kind of stereotype of the NBA big man. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where his career goes in the next few years. Um, right. So there's no real necessarily news value to this, but I want to talk about the Chris Paul trade um, as our last mm-hmm. little NBA bit, um, just because I think it's interesting to look at this um, at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, what Oklahoma City got back was insane. The multiple first round picks. Um, Chris Paul in exchange for Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Um, they also wound up with Che Gilgis Alexander from Clippers, and that Oklahoma City team looks really good this year. It's um, crazy, isn't it? Because it just wasn't expected at all. No, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, exactly. But then you look at it now, and you look at the players that they've got, and it, you kind of wonder why it wasn't expected. Exactly, yeah. I agree. And, you know, after what happened in, in Houston, and which is funny because a couple of years ago, Houston had had some some good play with with Harden and Paul um, and they were looking really really good basically beat the Warriors um, apart from when Paul yep. got injured um, which is a shame because I was I was really enjoying that series uh, but yeah people were looking at Chris Paul as, as you know washed they were thinking oh he's going to OKC they're just tanking they'll probably you know they don't really want him he's just there just taking on the contract um, and he's come out had an incredible season, really yeah. kind of, you know, taking the reins at OKC, taking on that leadership role. Shea, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, well, what a player I mean, he's, he's, he's a legitimate star yeah. already, not, not in yeah. two, three years, right now. So, I mean, I know obviously Oklahoma City got the better end of this deal in the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, with there were so many picks, weren't they? Yeah, that's so not, many not even a question. Did they get the better end of this deal for this season? Because I think there's, there's an argument that when you looked at the kind of all-star selections, no one was really questioning whether Chris Paul was going to get selected or not. There were several people questioning whether Russell, Russell Westbrook deserved it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Westbrook's a really good player. Um... No, sure, but I'm talking about this season as a whole. I think the Rockets have had... I mean, they're playing great now. They've won like eight of their last ten. But... Uh-huh. Bit um, small ball, love it. Well, yeah, um, which initially initially started against the Pelicans, and they absolutely destroyed us. So, um, <laughs> which I think I think I think led to them deciding that was the route that they wanted That's to go. The way down. to go, yeah, yeah. But earlier in the season, you had a, a, a basically a section of time where Harden was playing well, and Westbrook was pretty awful, and then a section of time where Westbrook was playing well and Harden was off his game. So, <laughs> do, I mean, on the basis of this season alone, I'm not saying that Russell Westbrook is a better player than Chris Paul. I am. But on the basis of this season alone... <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm not saying that Chris Paul is a better player than Russell Westbrook. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, could, you, could you make an argument that, that this season the Oklahoma City Thunder have got the better, better end of this deal with uh, rejuvenated Chris Paul and SGA? Yeah. Um, I think... 
you know, maybe it was just time for Westbrook's been putting up ridiculous numbers for years, but maybe it was time for him to to move out of OKC and for them to go in a different yep. direction, which they have, and the whole dynamic of the team's changed. Um, and for them, obviously, it's right now. I saw right now basically their record is uh, the same, if not better, than when they had kind of healthy PG and Westbrook. Yeah, yeah, which is mad. Which is crazy, considering how how well they've also built for the future as well. Mm. Um, so obviously for them, it's turned out really, really well. And I think for the Rockets, obviously PG has gone to the Clippers. Um, Rockets have got Westbrook. This this small ball thing is very interesting. It's going to be really interesting to follow the rest of the way. They've got PJ Tucker playing center. Yeah, Covington basically playing center as well. <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's going to be fun to watch, and it it definitely suits Harden and Westbrook as well. Um, obviously Westbrook loves grabbing rebounds. Um, yeah, they they're both kind yeah. of you know that that workhorse grind it out type player. My my other question is then why why did it not work out for Chris Paul in Houston? I don't know. I I think in terms of loving the ball, Chris Paul loves the ball. Harden yeah. loves the ball. You know Westbrook so loves the ball Westbrook. and Harden loves the ball. I know, but the difference is. And if you watch the matches, I mean, you watch them play, mm-hmm. Harden and Chris Paul both love the ball and they love holding the ball for a long time and they love winding mm. the shot clock down. Yeah, yeah. Then making plays. That they, they pick their moments um, really, really well. Westbrook loves the ball, but he loves doing something with the ball straight away. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. And when Chris Paul and Harden both want to hold the ball, that that takes time out of the game, time where the Rockets probably want to be scoring points, especially if they're playing small ball, they're going to want high-scoring games. Yeah, of course. course. Um, Also, Chris Paul was maybe deferring quite a lot, which then negates a lot of the positives that he brings as a player. Um, Whereas Westbrook isn't really deferring. Um, It's just him and Harden are taking 90% of the shots, Yeah, which works because Westbrook, you know, he likes to do things quickly, so they're still getting a lot of possessions out there. Yeah. I and mean, I think it's just it's just working well for both teams at the moment, and I'm I'm excited to see how how both of them carry on the rest of the season as well, and how it goes in the playoffs. Maybe they match up with each other. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, no, that would be really fun. Yeah, I think right now that would be a first round matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So last thing, little quick um, quick kind of uh, silly thing to end with. Um, the NHL trade deadline was a few days ago. Um, I don't know if you've seen anything, anything of that. Um, but my team, the Vegas Golden Knights, came out of it pretty well, getting a backup goaltender um, of real starter caliber and Robin Lehner. Um, but we're not really going to talk about any of that. But I, I, saw, I saw a tweet from a, a random user. The, the NHL's official account tweeted out something about um, what, what trade would you like to see in an ideal world? Um, and... A reply to this was a suggestion that the Florida Panthers should trade Jonathan Huberdeau to the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for 10,000 fans, um, <laughs> which, which I thought was quite funny, but also made me think as a hypothetical, if you were the general manager of a team like the Florida Panthers or the LA Chargers, one of these teams that just does not have a fan base, can't fill their arena out, can't get people in games, Mm-hmm. Would you do that deal? Would you trade your best player <laughs> for more fans? It's like consistent cash going forwards as well. Seat yeah. stuff like that. Because I think I'd do it. 
you know. <laughs> I mean, it makes the team more attractive. Yeah, exactly. You know, to players, exactly. You know, money wise. Um, it'd have to be a lot of fans. Yeah, ten thousand wouldn't be enough, unless they were like ten thousand season ticket holders. That'd be that actually turned up. Yeah. The thing is, I'm thinking about this now, right? And I think you could argue that maybe the New Orleans Pelicans are one of those teams, have been in mm-hmm. the past anyway, where the um the fan base just isn't. It's a small market team; they're not that big. Would the Pelicans trade Zion for ten thousand fans? No, no. Why have you even no said chance. that? <laughs> no chance. Maybe Ingram. Though. That's Ingram my point, though. There is, there is, there's, there's no way you'd do that because if no. a player is is good enough, they'll bring those people in by themselves. Drew Holiday, um, what a player, by the way. <laughs> Drew, Drew Holiday, I'd trade for more fans. Such um, a good player. <laughs> yeah, an underappreciated player, but one also one of those players that's become so underrated that. Everyone loves Drew Holiday. Um, Champ, uh, this year, Sixers, Pelicans. You heard it here first. Hey, I mean, that's be, be, that's going to be, be the NBA Finals. I'd be very much up for that. Right, well, <laughs> with that, that bold prediction, you heard it here first, the uh, New Orleans Pelicans and the Philadelphia 76ers are going to the I am to known NBA for my finals. bold predictions. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll have loads more of them going forward. Um, and I will say... Say goodbye to you now and goodbye to all the listeners, all the listeners, all like one of you that might have made it this far. Uh, We're probably <laughs> saying goodbye to ourselves, let's be honest. Yeah. We might as well. Goodbye, Palmer. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>